0: it's Sunday evening, which means one thing: it's game, bet, match. The tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. I'm Nigel Sealy. I'm delighted to say I'm joined, as usual on a Sunday, by t- tennis senior ATP tour handicapper for because we win, Sean Calvert. Sean, uh, good afternoon. Unbel- uh, good afternoon. I mean, let's. Uh, we have to before we go into this week, we have to look at last week. I mean, I in all the years of knowing must you, we? doing stuff, must we? Well, to be fair. <laughs> we didn't have the greatest week. Uh well it wasn't yeah. one of our best weeks, but I think in terms of picks, the money coming for the picks and variants, things not just going our way, match points, game points, set points. I don't think I've I don't think I've seen a week as, as unlucky as that for such a long time.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was a little bit crazy, wasn't it? We had loads of match point up losers, several others that should have won in play from the positions that they were in just couldn't get it done um I, we had all that didn't we and then we had del bonis to beat serendolo and he was five two up in the final set lost the last five games in a row and serendolo promptly retired the day later didn't he? In, in his next match which is what he, i was hoping he was going to do against del bonis but he didn't he came back from five two down in the final set won it and then retired against correa the next day and serendolo the other serendolo he was ahead as well wasn't he against delian and he absolutely collapsed um, which was disappointing because he was virtually tournament favourite by that stage. Uh, Juan Manuel Serendolo. But sometimes you just get a week like that when just nothing goes right, and often it starts. I always find it starts quite often with a player losing from three or four match points up. That that for me, I, I hate it when that happens because it, it. I tend to think, oh, here we go and, it, and the look just tends to just crumble for the next however long. Hopefully, it's just going to be a week and we can you know carry on this week. But it, it does happen. You know, you get yeah. weeks like that sometimes, that's it. Sometimes you get really fortunate weeks, sometimes you get really bad weeks, that's that's the
0: way it is. Yeah, you, you take the success when those set points and match points go for, for you, so you've got to sort of brush it down and move on when they go against you, which has been a, sort of the ethos that you've been saying all the way through on this uh, Game yeah. Bet Match podcast throughout the season. Absolutely, yeah. You, you
1: Don't take don't take it too seriously when you win, don't take it too seriously when you lose. You have to remain on an even keel, that's, that's how you do it.
0: I saw one of your write-ups today and um, you were talking about February. Being statistically a very hard month to make some money uh you know obviously for me personally i think you're the same when we get into the summer we 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 mm. wimbledon and, and the, the the french open we suddenly have all the form um how do you the grass play and the the hard courts
1: for me generally yeah yeah how um, do you
0: play these kind of uh these these early parts of the month, especially february saying that you know statistically it's very hard to make money with the percentage of favorites that win yeah
1: i think you just have to reduce the stakes a little bit on occasions um maybe be more selective with your bets. Maybe i not have quite as many. But, you know, if you if you see a good bet and a, and a good value bet, then still go for it. Just maybe slightly lower stakes. You just have to ride it out. That's all.
0: The one thing I will say, I bet everything you said last week, and <laughs> I don't think I had a bad bet, even though I didn't have a winner. And sometimes when you have yeah, a winner... You, if you're making yeah.
1: bad bets, that's one thing. If you're looking at back and thinking, oh, God, that was awful, then that's one thing. But if you get
0: into the stage where yeah. they all should have won... What can you do? You know yeah, exactly. I'll do them all again, Sean. I'll do everything we did last week. I'll do it all again. And uh, next week we'd win uh, a lot of money. So it's just one of those things. It was a bad week. Uh, things didn't go our way. Variance in sport, variance in betting is a, is a very important factor. And obviously we can only, uh, We this week we're expecting a little bit more. As long as we keep getting the value, keep getting the big prices, and we get them shorter and shorter and shorter, the luck will turn our way. Okay, let's move on to this week. Forget about last week. It's gone. It's finished. I had forgotten until he brought it up well you know, I've got I've got I've got you know we've got, yeah, we have to mention it. people yeah, criticize yeah, you when you we, people, yeah, people criticize you when, you are, when you're in your handicapper and you do these kind of things if you don't mention the bad runs and what we do oh, yeah. on uh, what we do on the on the Bet Rivers network for every sport we, we talk about our bad runs and we keep our profit and loss completely uh, you know it's there for everyone to see. It's transparent, and everyone can see what we're doing. So that's the one thing we do here, uh, and, we, and we praise our winners, and we have to sort of acknowledge our bad weeks. And we had a bad week last week. Anyway, let's move on to this week, and to start off with the ABN Amro Open uh, over in Rotterdam. This is a tournament that you will be in attendance. The first tournament of twenty twenty three, where yep. you will be at. Many more to come. So we we hopefully as we, we join on we join you on Tuesday and later on the week, we'll have some real good insights from. Uh, from amsterdam from uh, rotterdam i was going amsterdam, I was going don't be in amsterdam no, no, it's no, in I'm rotterdam uh, let's have place. a look at the outright market uh, these are the outright betting prices with bet rivers you can give us a uh, little talk on these outright markets daniel mevedev is plus 450 uh, he is the number th- uh, six seed here, which is quite surprising. Um, Stefano Sitsapas, the number one seed at plus 550. Felix Auger aliassime at seven dollars. Holger Runa is nine dollars. Andrey Rubelev is ten uh, one thousand plus one thousand. Yannick Sinner at 1300. Not seeded this week, which is a bit of a surprise. And we'll probably play Tsitsipas in the second round. Her cash is plus 1600. Zverev at plus 1600. Uh, Dimitrov plus 2500. And Roberto Bautista, a good. At plus twenty five hundred, it's a real good field. ATP tour five hundred event over in Rotterdam. Mister hmm. Cavill will be there for us next week. We'll be uh, there
1: tomorrow, we'll be there by tomorrow night's yeah, evening session. Yeah.
0: Let us know what's um, what's your thoughts here. What 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 what, what conditions are we going to see? What is going to hard surface? Let's know the conditions it. and and what's your thought on that outright press uh, the outright market.
1: Yeah, it's if if recent years and particularly last year is anything to go by, then it's slow. Here in Rotterdam, they they kept making it slower and slower. Richard Krychek is the tournament director here. Who many people remember winning Wimbledon years ago, uh, and he's had this kind of policy of making the matches longer to get better value for money for the for the paying customers. Which he's had that policy for a while. He keeps tweaking the surface here and there, but it's it's a black ProFlex um, indoor hardcore. And last year it was it only held it the players only held serve seventy seven percent of the time. Um, Alex De Minor described it as very slow, very heavy, um, and a huge contrast from the Australian Open. And that's that's the general view of how it's been in Rotterdam in recent years. Um that, that that's the main court anyway. The the other court is, has tended to be slightly quicker. But as is the case in a lot of tournaments, the main court is is slower than the outside courts. Um the average over the last six years is 80%, but as I say, the last couple of years it's been more sort of high 70s. Um, 43% of the matches have featured a tiebreak uh, in the last 10 editions um, and, and qualifiers have done really well here actually as well um, they've made at least one of them has made at least the semis in five of the last seven editions so keep your eye on the qualifying draw see who comes through um, not a great one for top seeds at Rotterdam certainly recently Roger Federer is the only top seed to have won here since 2011 and um, so it's not a great it's not a great sign for Sitsipas. Uh Five of the last six champions have been single figure prices, so it's not a tournament that's generally won by outsiders. It's normally won by someone at the top of the market. Uh, Felix has made the final here the two of the last
0: three years, winning it once. So those are the conditions. Those are the trends. And if we look at the draw, I wouldn't really say there's much of a favouritism to anyone in the top half or the bottom half because it's a really good field. Uh, hmm. Sits Abbas obviously that second round match against Yannick Sinner, which hopefully you'll be watching, will be a a very interesting one for not only this tournament for the tournaments uh, coming up as well. These two players going on the upward spiral. Um, where do you see the angle on the outright betting here? Well, I mean, if you look at it, obviously Holger Runa is uh, is, is is got a good uh, record indoors. We are obviously winning in Paris as well. Um, and then it's well, no lost to Cressy yesterday, did not he? Yeah, there's no, but there's no real draw advantage, is there in in this section. So. Where's your thoughts are coming from for a potential tournament winner? I've, I've taken one at
1: a really big price, which I think is too big um, and will probably come down rather quickly. Um, and I've taken another one purely on the basis that he's got a fabulous record here and conditions really suit him very well. Um, it's not something that I say very often on Game, Better Match. I don't, think, I don't think I've actually said it before, but I'm about to. Um, I've taken Andre Rublev here. Uh, 10 never, one.
0: I have never said that,
1: but uh... <laughs> I don't think I have, but I'm taking him here. He's got he's got a fabulous record here. Twelve wins, three losses. Um his service hold and break of serve combined total is 112. His service points one and return points one total is hundred and eight. And he wins fifty four percent of his second servers on average here, which which doesn't sound great, but it's a good four or five percent better than his last fifty ma than the average of his last fifty main level matches. So conditions suit him very, very well here, Um and I'm not, I'm not seeing many massive threats to him in the bottom half of the draw. I mean, Felix is the obvious one. He's he's played really well here the last the last two or three years, Um but started poorly this season. Felix, I, I'm not sure I'd be backing him. But would you um, say, Med-
0: could consider Medvedev to be a to
1: be a threat. I would, but not not as much as the bookies do. I think. He, what price is Medvedev on that graph? He's, what is the tournament favourite? He's four fifty. Yeah, I mean he's the world number twelve. That's the reality of, of Daniel Medvedev at the moment. He's not in the top ten in the world. I just think conditions here are too slow for him. If it was if it was quicker, then I'd certainly see Medvedev as a as a big a big threat. But his form is poor compared to how it how it was a year or two ago. Uh, his last two matches here have been defeats to Dusan Ljubicic and Vasek Pospisil, so that's not great tournament form. I think he's 7-4 win-loss here, Medvedev. I just think it's too slow for him. He's not in good form. The conditions don't suit him. Um, I would rather play a, a player that the conditions do suit and a player that is coming here and will look forward to coming here. And he Rubbley have had a decent Australian Open, didn't he? Um, perfectly happy to take take that price on him. It, it, is a, it is an open draw. It's a tough draw, as you say, but... One man stands head and shoulders above the rest for me. Rub, Rub, well, not head and shoulders, but he stands above the rest. Felix is is another one who's who's done really well here, but his form so far this season is sketchy. So taking Rublev as my first bet,
0: and he's he's won this tournament before.
1: Yeah, he's got twelve three win
0: loss record yep. here. He's yeah a, a tournament winner, and the odds you can get for Angelique Rublev is um, <clears throat> plus one thousand with Bet Rivers currently now to win the A tour event in Rotterdam, 2023. So that's your main selection. You did yeah. say you've taken a, a big price, a huge price about somebody else. Um, who's yeah. your big price selection here?
1: Yeah. I've taken Borna charge at 50 to one. I think that's, that's with bet rivers, uni bet. I think that's, that's, rivers, think that's, that's um, just a big, just a, too. b It's too big. I, I think you'll find most other layers will have that much, much shorter. Uh, he's a semi former semi-finalist here, 2021. Um, Born at played pretty well last week in, indoors in Montpellier. A little bit unlucky against Cressy. Um, Cressy just did a bit of a smash and grab on him there. I think he he took none of his six break point chances. Um, Chorich in the, in that particular match. He's, he often has struggled against big servers. Um, obviously, a winner in Cincinnati on on hard courts at Masters level. I just think since he's come back from his injury charges, he has made improvements to his game. His serve looks better. His second serve looks better. His forehand looks a bit more secure. I just think that price is too big. He's got a good record against Medvedev, albeit from a few years ago. Uh, he's won three of his last four against Medvedev. They were a few years ago, as I say, but he won't fear Medvedev on the basis of that. He's also got a decent record against Felix, 2-1, head-to-head in his favour. He beat Felix in Cincinnati on the way to that title last summer. So he's not going to be worried about his opposition. I just think that's that's much... I think it's slightly insulting, that price, to be honest, 50-1. to I'll charge it in a... In a an ATP 500. His Masters 1,000 were there only six months ago.
0: Do you think that basically they've sort of looked at the... Well, you know, you've broken down the tournament here and said that it's indoors, it's going to be quite slow conditions. I think a lot of people will look at the mm. tournament and think it's going to be fast. You know, the first thing you look at when you see an indoor tournament in European, you think it's going to be fast conditions. They probably looked at the first round match mm. and probably paid a little bit too much respect to van der who's his, uh, his opponent in the first round, who's obviously a Dutch guy playing in Holland. Poor record here, though. Yeah, but van don't Zanschel. don't you think the market makers look at that and think, you know, that, that's a tough I may have the, done, the, yeah. The homer. And obviously that that match is obviously probably priced up slightly wrong, which means his outright price is, is wrong. Quite possibly. I mean,
1: um, van der Zanschel, let's have a look. He's two wins and five losses in his seven matches um, in Rotterdam. He's like one of many Dutch players that have just struggled to perform here. Robin Harso at his peak, if, if he had a peak, but um, <laughs> regularly struggled here with his nerves. Van der Zanschel has been the same so far. Um, so sure it should be winning
0: that match, really. Yeah. Uh, and if he does win that match, he sets up a second round match with Daniel Medvedev. And obviously you've heard Sean's opinion and Daniel Medvedev thinks he's very short. So in that match, you can see why the logic, the fade of Medvedev, the support for Korrich and our main tip is Andrzej Rublev. There's two games you want to talk about um, in the yeah. first round in the ATP Tour in Rotterdam, and those are the two games. Uh, Alexander Zverev, a very heavy favourite minus two ten against Quan at plus one sixty five. Uh, Maxine Cressy, who's playing at the the moment, obviously uh, is minus two twenty against Tim van Riethoven at plus one seventy five. Um, give us your thoughts on those two games.
1: Yeah, I just think Zverev's much too, much too short based mm. on how he's been playing since that horrible injury that he had at the French Open last year. Um, if we break down what he's actually done in in the six matches that he's played in the last couple of months, um, he's only held serve 71% of the time, Zverev, which is way down, way down on what you would expect him to do. Uh, he's only won 37% of his second serve points, which again is, is down on what he should be doing. His service points one return points, one total is only 99. Last year it was 105.5. So he's, he's some considerable way down on, on the form that he's shown in the past. No surprise because he's coming back from a horrible injury. It's no surprise that it's taken him a little bit of time to get up to speed, but lost to Hughesler in the Davis cup, lost to Mo at the Australian open. You know and he's playing a Quan, who's who's coming here in absolutely prime form, isn't he? he won he won Adelaide against some really tough opposition. Uh, if we look at his last eighteen uh, matches, Quan he's held serve eighty four percent of the time, which is excellent. Winning fifty two percent of his second serve points, his service points one, return points one total is one hundred and four, which is a good five percent more than what than sort of five points more than what Zverev is producing at the moment. Uh, he's 11-7, win loss. As I say, won Adelaide semi finals in Tokyo. This is a guy who's, who's coming in in the form of his life, really. And Zverev, you could you could argue is the the total opposite. And added to that is is that Zverev's never really enjoyed coming to Rotterdam. He's been a a critic of it before. He said it the, the balls don't bounce properly. That he said it's too slow, too heavy. The conditions are horrible. I think he said it was. I think his quote was there, horrible for my game, and that 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 shows in, in what he's done here. He, he's he's played eight matches here in Rotterdam, and he's only won three of them. And his service points one, return points one, total in those eight matches is only ninety seven, and he's only held serve seventy six percent of the time. And all these statistics are just saying to me that you can't possibly back Zverev as a favorite in this match. No, it, it
0: no. Has, that it has to be corn. I like that play a lot. Minus two ten. I've... If someone said to me how will I would bet that game without seeing any odds, I'd probably have Zvera, a very, very tiny favourite, maybe one minus one twenty-five, which is four to five, or maybe maybe eight to eleven, eight, eight one minus one thirty-six. That one sixty-five is a is a nice pick for Quan there. The other angle, obviously, if you want to look at it as well and have a little bit of insurance on your side. The, the game handicap with Bet Rivers, they have uh Zverev It's a minus two and a half favourite at minus 129. Quan with a two and a half game start is even money and the totals are pitched at 22 and a half. Okay, let's move on to uh, the second game you like on that one.
1: Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one. While we're talking, you and I at the moment, Cressy's playing his, uh, Maxim Cressy's playing his final, isn't he, in Montpellier. Um I think he dropped the first set, didn't he, on a tie break? Yeah, he's,
0: anyway. he's one set down against Yannick Sinner.
1: Yeah, so he's coming in here pretty fatigued, but he's playing Van Rijthoven, who has a very, very similar profile to Cressy in terms of strong serve, poor return um figures. Now these two last year, uh Van Rijthoven actually played more tie breaks than Cressy did. He played 0.39 tiebreaks per set, Van Rijthoven, last year. 87% holds the serve. Last year, Van Riethoven, Cressy 90%. Um, and, and poor return profiles, very, very similar return profiles. 30.6% return points won for Van Riethoven. 30.3% for Cressy. Um, and they're winning 70% of the service points each. The, you won't be surprised to know that they're, they're the only meeting they've had in the past ended 7-6, 7-5. Uh, with Cressy winning that particular one, there was one break of serving the match and that was on indoor hard as well at challenger level. Um there's two ways to look at it so the, the prices aren't haven't all come through for this particular one yet. The obvious one is that uh set one over's tiebreak that's probably going to be too short in price. The conditions are, are slower here as well so that's not perhaps value. Um but if you look at their tiebreak records um over the last year I've mentioned this before about Cressy he doesn't win many tiebreaks or certainly hasn't been doing Van Rijtoven won 54% of his last year. Cressy won 40%. So Van Rijtoven a considerable advantage there. So 7.6 to Van Rijthoven at, at a price of 55 is is one way of playing this. The other way of playing this, and I haven't seen all the prices yet, because they've not come through, is to take Van Rijthoven on the handicap. Uh, he'll he'll get probably a two and a half game start, I would have thought, something like that, based on the price that he is. Cressy's going to be fatigued. He's still playing him on Pellier. And Van Rijethoven obviously is going to be the more motivated of the two you would think. So there's there's two there's two options of, of playing that one for me.
0: Other thing about taking big servers on the handicap as well was obviously if they lose a set, there's a, there's a chance they don't have to complete wipe out the seven six or the six four. So I always like taking the big servers with the handicap start. Actually, some of the lines have come out. so as we now, okay. so I've got, I've got I can I can read them for you, to you now. Uh, Cressy okay. obviously to win the match is minus two twenty, and Van Riethoven is plus one seventy five. The handicap is minus two and a half. Cressy is minus one ten. Van Riethoven is minus one fifteen. The totals in this match are pitched at twenty four and a half. And a tie break in the first set, so over 12 and a half games, is plus 350. So they are the lines. Uh, the first okay. set totals, you want to bet over, over 10 and a half games in the first set, is plus 133. That looks quite interesting to me. 7-5, um, 7-6, seven, seven, that's how it looks like this is going to be the first set. But um, the lines are out. Cressy is the fade, given he's, uh, he's currently still playing. And Van Riethoven in front of um, uh, home support and also... Uh, Sean Calvert will be <laughs> carrying his cash and be cheering him home as so a big. I'm big... more than happy
1: to get, you know, get in his ear. Um, if if this one's on tomorrow night, I'm more than happy to to play my part in uh, trying to cheer him on to victory. Yeah, for sure. Well,
0: let's hope that. Uh, let's hope we let we don't need that. We'll have a nice, comfortable win, and uh, Van Riethoven could be uh, be a little bit angled. Those are different angles there to play on that Van Righthoven game. It depends when games. it's on as
1: well. We need to look at the sorry, mate. We need to look at the schedule sure. as well because if if Cressy gets a couple of days. I don't think he I don't think he can though, to be honest, because it's not there are no buys here in the first round. So everyone's got to play the first round. I don't really see how Cressy can have a, a late enough start for it for him to have really have time to 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 practice and and get used to the what are going to be very different conditions than what he's playing in at the minute. So I'll probably I'd probably take the handicap on Van Riet over now that the prices are
0: are out. I do I always love like I say them handicaps with big servers, seven, six, seven, six, John Isma getting 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 a start with John Isma. I love them because the chances are they they lose set 7 6 rather than have the 6 3, 6 4 factor. So,
1: a could just drop one just from fatigue. Just, you know, yeah.
0: just, a lovely angle there. So, plus two and a half is the handicap. Uh, let's move on to our second tournament. We're going to talk about it's, uh It's a tournament in America. Last week we had the tournament in Dallas. This week we moved to Florida. It's Delray Beach uh, ATP Tour 250 event. And as like last week, lots of Americans dominating the betting. And these are the outright markets in Delray Beach. Taylor Fritz is plus 333. Tommy Paul returning back from his heroics at the Australian Open and in the Davis Cup. He's 500. Denis Shapovalov, who got beaten last week by Wu, is 600. And nishioka is plus 700. JJ Wolf, who went very, very close for me and Sean, we gave him a chance. Uh, he got beaten by John Isner. He's plus 1,000. John Isner is plus 1,000. He must be absolutely exhausted this week. Yeah. Uh, Kek Madovic is plus 1,200. Ben Shelton interesting one for me 1400s Adrian Manorino plus 1600 and Mackenzie McDonald uh makes up the top uh 10 in the betting at plus 1600 uh what are conditions like going be like I can imagine being very sunny and very I'm, I'm sure you would rather be in Delray Beach rather than Rotterdam but uh what, what, oh, what what the condi- it goes yeah 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 what, what, <laughs> what, what what's the conditions going to be like there uh
1: usually very windy um it's it's right on the on the beach there, obviously Delray Beach, um, in Florida, as the name suggests, it, it is often extremely windy here. I think the forecast was for, for for today, for Sunday, is forty kilometer per hour winds. It's not always that windy, but it is often a very strong breeze here. So that's the first thing you got you got to bear in mind. Um, you, you know, have players that are good movers on your side, people that are quite nimble and can can make the adjustments when they need to, but people that have served strongly in the past when in windy conditions. Um it's kind of a medium paced court. It's a plexi pave um, outdoor hardcore. It's quite high bouncing, this one. It does it is a bit bouncy. It suited some of the taller players in the in the past, cash um, Opelka, Sok, Query, they've all won here. But so have people like Cam Norrie and Radu Albot and Dan Evans and Nishioka have made the final. So it's 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 been a tournament that has been won by the more nimble players as well as the, the big hitters. So it's something for everyone. Um, not many tie-breaks here. Only 36% of the matches have featured a tiebreak in the last 10 editions. 81% service hold. So quicker, you would say, in that respect, than Rotterdam. 72.7% um, first serve points won. It's kind of a quick-ish, sort of medium-y, high-bouncing court uh, conditions in Delray Beach this
0: week. So on those markets, look at the outright markets we've mentioned there. What's caught your attention of the players you like to win over in Florida? I
1: think this is, I've not taken an outright here this week. No, nope. I've taken the two in Rotterdam and I've taken um, one in, in Buenos Aires. I just, nothing really strikes me as, as great value. Um, Tommy Paul's got a good draw, mm. but his price is a bit short now based on his his exploits at the Australian. Open. I'm not sure I could back him at that price. Um, struggling to find something that to get excited about. I don't know about you, but I just can't find a a decent value bet here.
0: Well, I looked at it and I thought to myself, I want to be in on, on someone in the bottom half rather than the top half. Yeah. And the reason I like the bottom half is I think there's going to be a lot of players in it, fancy players, are going to be exhausted. John Isner, I mean, I, I, he'd be my fade, like, you know, going through his age, going through those games, seven, six, how much they've t- taken out his body, going it again, again, again. Can he do it at, at, in his late 30s? So John Isner would be a fade for me. I also thought, obviously, Wu would be a fade on what he's done li- 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 last week. So I was looking at that bottom half thinking, well, those two are people I want to oppose Jack Sox, not good enough. Albert, I can't have. Fadasco, definitely, you know, no, no, not good enough. So it really opened up, really. Tommy Paul was an obvious selection for me at plus 500. Yeah. But again, I won a little bit more than 500. And a guy I, I've gone with in tournaments early part of the season who had a brilliant Australian Open, who's going to come in here absolutely full of confidence, is, is, is Ben Shelton. Mm. Um, they were my two leans. But because they're fancy players and because they're American players and had on the back of a great Australian Open... I don't think they represent any value at plus 1,400 for Shelton and plus 500 for Tommy Paul. But Mm. they were my two leans in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I think Paul, as you say, I think Paul is is the obvious choice, isn't he? But too short. I mean, not for me. I mean, Shelton, again, we'll talk about him in a minute. But yeah, I'm I'm not having an outright here.
0: No outright markets. But let's have a look at some match bets. You do have some... uh... We've got four games you want to talk about here on the outright Markets. And these, sorry, the match markets. And these are the match markets. Uh, uh, are, we got Mao at minus 137. Uh, we've got Oscar Otti against Nishioka, minus 275. Nishioka, that look very short to me. Ben Shelton, minus 141 against Marcus Girón uh, in All-American Clash at plus 115. Jordan Thompson, minus 177 against Dennis Kudler at plus 140. Uh, just talk us through those games and where you see the best angles.
1: Yeah, the first one I'm taking Kovacevic as as underdog against Michael Moe. Um, I think this price is is based on on the head to head. Moe's won all four against Kovacevic, but they, they were a little while ago, and Kovacevic is is coming in here in f- fabulous form. You know, he won the Cleveland Challenger a couple of weeks ago, beating the the red hot Yi Bing Wu in the final. Um, he actually beat the number one, two and three seeds that week, Kovachevich. He beat Emilio Gomez, who played really well last week in Dallas, and Steve Johnson, as well as you being Wu. So if you're looking at that form at the moment and you're looking at what Wu has done this week, then you'd, you'd be you'd be impressed by what Kovacevic has done. He really caught my eye last, last sort of autumn when he played. I saw him playing as a lucky loser in, um, I think it was Seoul, wasn't it, um, that he played in there. He's, he's, I like his st- style. He's very easy on the eye, very flashy Reminds me a bit of a right-handed Shapovalov. Um, which slice is a bit better. He's got a good slice. He's a shot maker. Um, good movement. I, I just think that this is a really good chance for him to turn over this head to head against Mo, which some of which are from two or three years ago. Um, Mo also lost to Wu in Dallas last week, actually. He's just constantly underwhelming Mo. I'm not I'm not, I'm not seeing anything in, in him that other people are seeing. I, I, I don't really get it. You know, he got into the Australian Open as a lucky loser, beat a a hobbled Zverev. Um, maybe that's where this price is coming from. But on form, I think you have to... I'm very, very happy to take Kovacevic's underdog on form, yeah. Plus
0: 112 with Kovacevic against Mo, minus 137. Uh, Nishioka against RT. Um, I can imagine you want to fade Nishioka at minus 275. That looks ridiculously low.
1: Yes. Um, they met here at this very tournament last year. And Otte won. Um, and he was a 1.89 favourite last year for this match, Otte. Um, that was before he had that knee surgery that I talked about last week. Now he's a 3.15 underdog against the same opponent in the same tournament that he won in last year. Um, the thing with this one is, I've said in the past a few times about Nishioka, he, he does struggle against the bigger servers. Um, as, we, as we saw, it's a good effect in the Australian Open when catching off took two bagel sets against him, didn't he, in Melbourne. Um In all, against the big servers that I've got listed in my database as big servers, Nishioka's two wins and 10 losses against them on hard courts. Now, if you look at Otte, uh, his stats, he was placed 13th, or is placed 13th on the tour over the last 52 weeks in terms of first serve points won. He's, he's 13th on the whole tour. That puts him ahead... Of the likes of Fritz, Kishanoff, Zverev, TFO, all these guys. He's winning more first served points than them. So this is this is a guy. This is why that's why I had him last week in that tiebreak bet against Eubanks, which unbelievably didn't come in. Um it's just not the type of opponent that, that that Nishioka enjoys playing. Uh and the fact that Ote has got a three and a half game start here on the handicap, and you're still getting even money you know, Nishioka does have a pretty weak serve. He mm. gets broken quite a lot. Uh, Otte, as I've just alluded to, is, is very high and up in terms of first serve points won. So if he serves well, um, I'm perfectly happy to take that handicap start.
0: Yeah, three and a half games, even money. Otte against Nishioka, Shelton against Giron, and Thompson against Kudla. your last couple of the picks there.
1: Yeah, I just think very, very concisely, Shelton's just too short for me based on the, what he's done at the Australian Open. Giron's in great form, playing well uh, for the last sort of six months or so, Geron. I don't know what you feel but i just think shelton 1.71 i think that's a bit of an overreaction this looks like a 50-50 to me mm,
0: yeah i i would i would i would say that but i just think that the reason i like him is to win the tournament because if he progressed this past this game he's much more likely to 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 beat the he players might well and, win it uh, but this yeah, this, yeah, yeah this probably, price, probably, i wouldn't bet i wouldn't bet that not keen uh, and obviously Cuddly, you like here as well uh i just well it's more that i don't like thompson at that price
1: these yeah. two played last week in dallas thompson was 1.7 and he won it, but Kudler might well have been fatigued because he was coming from Uzbekistan in Davis Cup. So it was a long old journey. And then Thompson immediately lost to what was a tired Manorino. So, uh, and now he's 1.57. I uh, just think, you know, Thompson, based on his record on outdoor hard at main level in the last year, he's won four of his 12 matches. So he's got a 33% win rate. And we has asked to back him at 1.57. Yeah. Not for me. Not for me. I, the reason I don't trust Cudler, I'd be tempted to take on Cudler, but his record here at Delray Beach is poor. So um, it's one for the short list, maybe one, to one for a multiple or something if you're going for a big parlay, but definitely not Thompson at that price.
0: So well, as we say, they're the picks for Delray Beach. We have a final um, tournament this week. It's over in Buenos Aires, another ATP Tour 250 event uh, on the clay. These are the outright markets. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the world number two, returns from injury. He's a heavy favourite, minus one thirty-three. Cam Norrie is plus eleven hundred. Dominic Team, looking to make a comeback, is plus twelve hundred. Uh, Musetti plus twelve hundred. Sebastian Baez is plus twelve hundred. Albert Ramos Vinolas plus eighteen hundred, and Diego Schwartzel also eighteen hundred. Um, Sean, just give us a quick rundown of what the conditions are going to be like and what you like on those outright markets.
1: Yeah, it's going to be thirty-seven degrees today in Buenos Aires. So pretty hot, like it wasn't coolable last week. It's not going to stay that hot. It's going to be slightly cooler, but it's still going to be sunny all week. So it should perhaps play quicker than it normally does. Um, it's normally pretty slow. Sixty-six point seven percent first serve points. 75 percent uh, holds the last six editions puts it in the bottom five. But I say it might play slightly quicker this week because of the the sun's baking it. Um, I've taken I've taken one. here. I've taken Massetti. In the uh, twelve to one in the bottom half of the draw, I just think that bottom half's a bit easier. Yeah. Um. You know, you've got a top half. You've got Alcaraz, um, Baez, Schwartzman, Francisco Sedendolo, and the bottom half. You've got Cam Norrie and Lorenzo Massetti, and not a lot else. So, uh, on the basis of what Massetti's done on clay, you know, he won in Hamburg last year. Beat beat Alcaraz, didn't he, in the final? Um. You would have to put him as the outstanding. Candidate to make the final from the bottom half of
0: the draw, wouldn't you? Oh, I think he's the great bet. I think it, that's the best, strongest bet outright on the week. Hill, I think, must each way in the bottom half of the draw. I think that's a really cracking bet. And I think Alcarez at minus 133 is absolutely ridiculously low. There's absolutely no way we anyone should be taking that price. We have got he's, no idea what he's going to be like. He's not even played, does he, for about no. three months. And in the heat of just minus, he could, he could win the tournament easy. But if you're betting minus one thirty three on our crest to win this tournament, I think you'll do it. You'll give your money back long term. Let's you have can. a look at two quick uh, matches as well. Surely, yeah. two matches you want to talk about? Just run us through these two games you like.
1: Um, yeah, I like um, I like Diaz Acosta to do something against um, against Correa. And these two met at the Gaya Kill, Gaya Kill Challenger in November. Uh, Correa only won it in a final set tiebreak, winning. Nine more points overall in the match. So it was a very, very narrow victory for him. Um, Diaz Acosta made the semi-finals in the Concepcion Challenger that that Correa actually won, but he had to retire in the semi-finals. Diaz Acosta with a with a slight a leg injury, which has kept him out of action until now. I just think this is much of this is about the quick turnaround for Coria. He's still got to play the final in Cordoba. Um, no Cordoba finalist, by the way, has ever has ever made the Buenos Aires final. It's a very difficult transition from altitude to, to sea level. And you've got very little time to do it. Uh, Corey was also sick last week and he turned his ankle and he's still got to play the final. Um, he was 1.58 last time he played Diaz Acosta. And now he's 1.47 with all those problems. It was a very, very hot week in Cordoba. He's going to be tired. He had sickness. He had a dodgy ankle. Barely beat Diaz Acosta last time. Either Diaz Acosta on a handicap or Diaz Acosta to win the first set, which is what I've gone for at 2.4 plus 140.
0: Yeah, deals of cost to, to win the first set for sure. And the last pick you've got on the monster edition of Game Bet matches on the Molcan yeah. Dominic team match.
1: Yeah, Molcan is just ahead on all the stats. I could go through them all, but we haven't got time. He's ahead on every stat. He's miles ahead on the play stats over the last 12 months. I know team was just making his comeback then, but on all services, team isn't ahead in any category. Um hasn't won a single set this season, Dominic Team. Just he just he's you know, as I said last season, he's, he's got a hell of a long way to go. I, I honestly don't think he's going to do it now. He just, it doesn't look like he's got the motivation. He doesn't look like he's got the game anymore, the body anymore. Just miles away from the Dominic team that we've seen in the past. Um, Molkan, you know, he's, he played pretty well in the Australian Open, beat Vrinka, didn't he, and took, took Felix to five sets. So he's in conditions that don't suit him. On clay, he's miles ahead on the stats. So I'm, I'm more than happy to take him as underdog here.
0: It's a very disrespectful advice for Molcam plus 138. I think they'll be what everyone expects Dominic team to be the player he was when he won the US Open yeah, a few years not. ago, and that's not the case anymore. I love that Molcam play. Uh, Sean, thank you very much as always for joining us here on Game Bet Match. Have a very, very safe thank travels you. to Rotterdam and enjoy yourself out there. You'll thank be you. giving us some stuff on the Twitter. Uh, if you want to get to the Twitter handle, which we all control on uh, the Bet Rivers Network, which is at because we're in, Sean will be on there as well. Uh, download us, Game Bet Match, on your preferred podcast provider, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. And you'd also subscribe to us on our Twitter channel, sorry, our YouTube channel, which is at the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, take care, everyone. Thank you very much. Good luck with your picks. And Sean, safe journey, and I'll speak to you on Tuesday. Thanks yeah. very much, everyone. Thanks for listening to betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network.